You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm your host, and tonight I'm joined again by John. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm joined by Henry as well. That's, Henry looks like he might make an appearance. Uh, he's doing a good job of blowing it in the windy. Yeah, Frank, <laughs> Frank blowing us a rubbick, uh, and now it's Henry. Right. So, and, we need to, we need and, to start having it on a Monday when it's a girl. No, well, I, that's the thing. I mean, Gertrude was responsible for ruining the charity bit this week. Yeah, covered us in white uh, stuff. Aye. <laughs> that was a good deal. Aye, the, the, the charity bit was unfortunately devastated by the weather. Um, we lost Cowden Beast from the, the main charity bit. So that left us with just Dundee. Uh, we also had... The Queen of the South game wiped out, so our first goal scorer, Russell, was, was gubbed. So the only thing that left us away was Dundee. And uh, even that didn't come in, so... Aye, and <laughs> thankfully, thankfully as well, our other, other possible contender for first goal scorer, McAllister, much as he scored twice, didn't score first. Yeah. So it's not like we lost out there either. So. Yeah. And, and uh, Craig Gunn, I think, was another one we mentioned. I think he... I don't I don't even remember if he did actually get on the score sheet, but Elgin were getting pumped last I looked. Aye. In fact, which, let's start there, because we'll, we'll go with League 2, because yeah, everybody's now pretty much the same odds of winning that league, according to Mickey. Because uh, Elgin did eventually pull two goals back against Anand Athletic. It was 4-2 it finished. But uh, aye, Anand Anna needed that one. And, um, put some back in the, in the hunt. Put them back in the mix, aye. Because that's, um, they're still fourth, but they're 34-5 behind Elgin. A game less played. Uh, Queen's Park are exactly the same position, 34 points, again West played. East Fife, oh, I've played more games, but I have three more points. Uh, but they're still all lagging behind Elgin, so it's, it's, it's definitely interesting in that week. And you still can't discount Clyde, who have played less games than everybody. Well, the only thing I would maybe say about Clyde that might discount them is the amount of times that they fail to score. Yeah, well, you say that, but did I read somewhere they've signed Daniel Cousin until the end of the season? Uh, oh, I don't know. They might have, I suppose, with the Barry Ferguson connection. I've not seen it, but I, I'm sure I seen that yesterday. I thought I was going mad, but uh, he must be a finish now, eh? It must be, aye. But he's still. I mean, that kind of week two level. You think he might be able to do a, a game, but uh, possibly something about coming out of retirement. I think, but right. I might have made that up. I don't see it mentioned anywhere. So I suppose I, I did see earlier that certainly they were trying to do business today, Clyde, um, because unlike down south. They don't have the option up here for loans after tonight, I don't think. Unless it's an emergency. I, I don't know. Nah, I may have made that one up because I don't see it anywhere. So. I That's think you probably, can do emergency loans, can't you, after tonight? Aye, I think so. Like I think you're right about that. Yeah. Which, but it's a bit of a shame because there's potential that players could still go out and loan to a lower league club. Say, for example, they're not getting a chance. Mm-hmm. They're stuck playing development football whereby they could be getting kind of first-team football. Yeah. Oh, well, I suppose there's always a chance if you're out of contract, which doesn't happen all that often at this point in the season, you know. But you can sign it and a, con- uh, a transfer window at that point. But. Yeah. Aye, you're right, because I mean, I mean, Clyde got beat at the weekend there by East Fife, so it's, uh, that was a bit of a blow for them. They could have done with winning that. Aye, but it's difficult. It's difficult in this division that it's the home teams winning yet again. So, Aaron won at home at Elgin, East Fife won at home at Clyde. Uh, down at the bottom, Arbroath did manage to win away at East Stirling, so. It was, uh, let's catapulted them up a bit. Yeah, I still. Actually, I did the move. I don't think I did. Still not difficult to predict, though, what's going to happen. 
Yeah. Um, um, I quite don't even play this weekend, unfortunately, because they were scheduled to play on an athletic, so... Right, they've got bottom. They've got the cup game. So we'll, we'll come on to later on the podcast. So, yeah, it's, I mean. Queen's Park Elgin game probably stands out there. Yes, aye, that's. This weekend. So, another tough away game for Elgin. Yeah. On the, off the back of playing Arden. Ah, well, that's, if, if we can get something to that, then they'll be doing well. Uh, well, if Elgin were to win, it would take them eight points clear of Queen's Park. Yeah, I mean, Park, Queen's Park would have a game in hand still. Yeah, and I, I think. Uh, Conversely, East Fife are away to Montrose. Montrose are kind of struggling near the bottom. So East Fife might stand the chance of winning that. And if they win that, coupled with an Elgin loss, East Fife will go top. So, yeah. Everything to play for in that division, as per usual. Um, League One, but, uh, I don't suppose you watched the game on Friday night, did you? Yeah, uh, uh, never actually. Um, I, I was going to try and watch it and never get a chance. Just, I heard it was a deal off anyway. I heard it, I heard it wasn't great, aye, but he did to get the win, which was uh, a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting Erdrit to come out on top in that game, but. Aye, it was a wee bit of a shock. Uh, Dun Fairman failing to score as well, but it's yeah. still heavy favourites in Fairman for the league. Yeah, but I mean, Erdrit just slightly starting to reel them back in again. Peter Head, 11 games unbeaten. Peter Head, I mean, that was it's a slight the... thumping again. Aye. Galster getting two at the weekend, uh, it wasn't the first game goal, but uh, it was enough to get them. They've played more games than everybody else. They've played them firm when they're still eight behind them. So yeah. There's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch for them to pull that. But Air United, they're, they're seven behind, haven't played a game less, so they could call that back to four if they win their game in hand. And Air play Peterhead at the weekend. Right, yep, that should be that that's that's one of the games of the weekend, I think. Aye, definitely. Because that's that's the second versus third in that division. Dunfermline I'll wait to send him a smear. Yeah, so uh, Stace Muir actually played tomorrow night against the Home of Breakin, so They've got a run of three home games in a row because of that. Well, Home of Breakin, Home of Dunfermline, Home of Airdrie. Aye, uh, expensive uh, breakfast, and they're, they're, fans. To be fair, they're still in the hunt of the, the playoffs. So. Aye, definitely, aye. So a wee, a wee, a wee home kind of spell might actually do them some good in that battle. So, yeah. uh, I don't know how their home form is, actually. I can have a quick look, though, and maybe see, or come back to it later, actually what their home form's like to see whether that's why three home games will benefit them because as we've kind of said a few times this season there's a few teams that kind of do well away as opposed to home like Strindor I know Strindor won at the weekend but Strindor's away record's uh, been better than the home record they're kind of stretching a wee bit off the kind of bottom two spots now mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, I think for for Kevin Bates obviously postponed so there's not a lot happened at the bottom breaking losing to Strindor did they help Aye. So um, they two are starting to look a wee bit adrift at this point because the yeah. first they're six behind Goudenbeath. Yeah. The same number of games. So. Aye. Stenhouse, we're a bit of a mixed bag at home. They've won four, drawn two, lost four. Yeah, now be a good time to get a wee run going. It's all, aye. I mean, well, I mean, at home to Breakin, if we don't win that, then there's something wrong because Breakin are bottom. At home to Dunfermline's going to be difficult. And then home to Airdrie, well, Airdrie's one of the teams I try to overhaul, so that's one of the teams you definitely want to be trying to beat. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting lot of run for Stenish Muir, that's, that's for sure. Aye, definitely. Right, Championship. Another pattern through this tonight. Um, obviously, game of the day, Rangers Falkirk. It was a top of the table clash. and um, Big result for Rangers. It was, and it's, it's a big result for Falkirk as well, because not for the first time this season, it's been a late goal that's done them over. And, uh, but aye, it was uh, the new man, Billy King. Aye, yep. Uh, you can make your own jokes with the name. Yes. 
I've seen someone talk about how he scored in the 16th hour and someone about yeah and, and I'm sure you know the rest mm-hmm. so <laughs> uh, but yeah it puts, I would, that probably puts Falkirk out of the race if we didn't think Falkirk would probably out the race for the top two but I'd say that's they're 10 behind Angels before the game more they're still going to be in the playoff I think that's probably their yes. best chance unless uh, they collapse somehow yeah, or, yeah I, I think yeah. And I think it's funny. I kept listening to just on pretty much a weekly basis on Sports Sound and the Sports Scene how Falkirk. Well, nobody was talking about the fact they were part of a three-horse race, and I'm thinking, no, I've, it's been mentioned every single week since they beat Rangers right, at the start of December. Well, it's starting to look more like a two-horse race again, unfortunately for them. Uh, Hibs obviously weren't on uh, league duty this weekend because they were on league cup duty, which we will come on to eventually. Yes, uh, uh, probably probably thing I suppose to talk about as well. For the championship, as Rangers are finally signed to Alan. Yeah, I that's done tonight. That's potentially the best sign of the day, I would say. It's looking that way, yeah. You look elsewhere. Right, see what happens. Come on, to the rest of transfers later on. Right, yeah, definitely. We're hoping we'll get some sort of like classic signing, but I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I think I most think of the a big game just pops up on on Sky Sports while we're, we're yeah. sitting talking, but uh, it's not looking that way at the moment. Doesn't tend to happen in Scotland in the last day. Though I do have a potential title for the podcast. Um, so they are. What <laughs> if it's the same? I wonder if it's the same. We'll come on to later, and it has nothing to do with transfers. Oh, mine's has mine's oh, right, transfers. It's going to be a toss up here. So, right. do you want to say what it is? Go for it, right? Aye. Chinese takeaway. So, oh, that's a good one. I, I like that. Right, I'll save mine for later because it'll become relevant. Right, okay. Um. So back to the Championship, uh, if they were going to the South, was postponed, as we mentioned. St Marin won 3-1 at home to Alwa. That's yeah, the first home win of the season. <laughs> Takes them away. It stretches them a bit further away from Limited right. as well, plus some other games in hand. They're starting with a chance of catching up with the playoff. Like the playoff yes. of Glendale, I mean. No, no, it's not beyond. But I thought it was a stop, I guess. They've played a game more than both Wraith Rovers and Queen of the South. So. Yeah. There was talk they were trying to sign uh, Cabby Smith on one from Aberdeen as well, but I don't think that'll happen because we are pretty short in numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for us, potentially, if Smith was getting games in like Grouch Shankland, that could potentially be good, but I don't think it's going to happen. Though I did see earlier uh, Paul McMullen's going back to Celtic, his loan spell's been cut short. Yeah, I saw that. And um, he's back, but uh, Aidan Nesbitt, he's going out to uh, Party Thistle today. And that, 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 ah, I've never, never seen that one. No, I'm interested to see how that one pans out, actually, because, I mean, even today, he was playing for the development squad and uh, a 3-0-1 over Rangers. He scored twice. Ah, he's kind of tipped so, to be in this one. Aye, today, he's, 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 he's definitely been tipped, so I'm, I'm very keen to see how he gets on. The, I mean, it's, it's what, is he a central midfielder or attacking <sighs> midfielder? He's a, I think he's an attacking midfielder. Attacking? Sorry, so he's going to struggle to get in. But he, get, so. he gets on the goals. He gets the goals. He gets on the goals. So I have been certainly keeping an eye on Thistle and who he gets on there. Um, we've obviously still got uh, the likes of Henderson out at Hibs as well. Which, yeah, uh, which will come on to later. Later. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I mean, St Martin's result was good. Uh, coupled with Livingston losing away to the Barton, so that's, like you say, five points ahead of them. Start to look like a little bit gone, isn't it? Well, oh, I, think they've been going, I think they've been going for a while, to be fair. They really are still going Though Livingston really haven't had a kind of bounce factor in terms of getting a new manager. Mind you, saying that Allo haven't had really had a bounce with getting yeah. a new manager either. So. And it doesn't get any better for the two of them because they're off this weekend 
And the following weekend, Aloha host Rangers and we're facing host Hibs. Yes, and Aloha uh, are then away to Hibs. Uh, oh, that's pretty... After, <laughs> after right, Rangers, yeah. so, yeah. Not, not the greatest, so. Aye. Uh, so, aye, that's the championship done. <laughs> Next, the Premiership. Unfortunately, uh, there was only two games in the Premiership this weekend because Inverness Hearts was wiped out in the morning. A wee bit later on, Partick Thistle against Dundee, that was wiped out. Uh, sorry, against Dundee United, as we just pulled the Sky Sports. We got a Desmond, though. We did get a Desmond. Um, I might have even predicted a Desmond. Predict- my predictions have been garbage this season, so I'm, I'm, I've stopped looking. <laughs> I, I still make my predictions, but... I make them, yeah, I, this is rubbish. <laughs> I've got a f- I know I picked a few draws last week, but whether that was one of them, I don't know, yeah. but well, I... We'll come back to that because it kind of leads into a, a running theme through the rest of the podcast, I think. So we'll start off with the the, 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 the big news from, from Saturday. That, uh, Gary Locke uh, resigned from Kilmarnock after the defeat to Hamilton. So that was a bit of a... I, I don't think anybody would say it was unexpected. But, yeah, uh, I think it's probably been coming for a while. Uh, Billy Davis been linked as well. So That's an interesting name. I think um, he might be what they need. Then again, he might be an absolute disaster. Well, as I was kind of looking elsewhere, I can't remember where it was, but he's got a habit of falling out with chairman, mind you. Yeah. I don't like Billy Davis. It's not that I don't like him. I'll rephrase that. It's not that I don't like him. I don't really care about him. I don't like his brand of football. And that stems back way, way to when he was manager at Mullerwell. Yeah. And I remember he was slagged off Craig Levine for 6 4 0 once. And he was, it was like as if he was the first guy to play zero striker. I remember watching Mullerwell come to Celtic Park one night, and all they did was put 11 men behind the ball and hoofed it into the other uh, half any time they had it. Nobody chased the ball. There was literally no attempt to attack whatsoever. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a team be that negative. Right. And it took a Lubo Moravchik free kick past Andy Gorham to get the win for Celtic that night. And I, had, I thoroughly enjoyed that. The fact it was Andy Gorham probably helped, but uh, aye, it was it was it was just depressing because I mean there was one point in the game, my dad turned to me and said, "Check him out," and pointed at uh, Davis and said, "He's actually telling one of his players not to chase the ball that they've just hoofed it." Aye, it was that bad. And ever since that game, I've just had this thing about Billy Davis, but I can't stand watching his his teams. Uh, oh, you know what? No, there was another point that Billy Davis pissed me off. It was the uh, Kevin Wilson signing. Kevin Wilson signing, sorry. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. When we tried to get him, he refused to let him go and then benched him for six months. And it was like stupid. Like, and then Kevin Wilson was obviously, obviously pretty well for Celtic when he came up here, but then he wanted to go home again. So yeah. he signed for Nottingham Forest. And I was astounded when he did that. But I mean, it must have been the pool going home again, but I couldn't believe he was going to go play for Billy Davis again. So I, Billy Davis, can't stand him. So if he takes a commander job, I will be praying for commander to get relegated. I think a lot of people are anyway. Oh, and I know, I know, there's a lot of people who don't like commander for different reasons. Um, Michael Johnson tends to come up quite a lot. But to be fair, there's commander fans who don't like Michael Johnson. So yes. I think that's probably going a bit far to say they don't like to see them relegated because Michael Johnson's a... Uh, an unlikable character, shall we say. The other one that was mentioned was maybe James Fowler. Right. 
Don't know whether that could happen. Oh, I know. I'm immediately Lee McCullough's going to take charge. Yes. Which is very interesting given the next game is a cup game against Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Interesting indeed, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I will come on to this quite later. So, uh, right, come back on. to the Dundee game, though. Well, I was going to say, come on, it lost, so that would have been really disappointing for Dundee United. Because they're getting postponed, they would have looked to kick on for their win over Kilmarnock up last week. They were away to Partick Thistle, which was a game they might have had a good chance of getting a result out of. Couple to Kilmarnock, the gap could have been down in single figures again. It's still 11 points, they've still got two games in hand. So they could win those two games in hand and get it down to five. And suddenly Dundee United were right back in it. Absolutely. But, I mean, I think they would probably have preferred to have played the game not the weekend there instead of that having to be rearranged somewhere down the line. Uh, Credit to Hamilton though, three clean sheets out of the last four. So apart from yeah. the game against Celtic, they've been pretty solid defensively. Yeah, it's funny that. It's just, <laughs> apart from the game against Celtic where they conceded eight. I suppose that's one of those though, like Celtic and give a doing to most teams on their day. Well, I thought it was one of those games where like, everything seemed to click for Celtic, which happens few and far between, unfortunately for us. Um Oh, I'll come on to it later on, but I, I think it wasn't significant. It wasn't insignificant that uh, Stephen Johansson didn't play in that game. And I'll come on to him later on because, again, there's stuff to talk about in the League Cup. Yes. Um. So yeah, like we'll, we'll let's talk about Dundee before we move on to that. Dundee. I couldn't believe it was. Well, this was a charity bet, obviously. So I could believe, Dundee. but I couldn't believe. But Paul McGowan, the fact they'd no scored before that. He's one of those guys that. He's one of those guys that's get. I've always thought he has really good talent, but I don't think he just doesn't. I don't think he applies himself in the right way. I always thought he was a player that could could have a better career. Don't be wrong. I suppose he still could, but they could maybe trouble trouble off. Aye, but the trouble off the pitch probably hasn't helped. Um, but aye, I was a bit kind of astounded when I kind of found that out. Um, I, I, I couldn't believe he'd scored in just under a year. I thought he'd scored yeah. more recently than that, but no, it was a good goal. I mean. It was. Yeah. It, it came at a good time for Dundee as well because Motherwell just it was an early goal for Motherwell to start the game off, and then uh, they pretty much pulled them back right away, which was, was good for them. But um, to, to go back to that that was a cracking finish. Which one? The, the first Motherwell goal on the chested and fired into yeah. the top corner. Pearson's finish was quite tidy as well. Oh, Pearson's, Pearson's was a cracking one. Lovely footwork. I mean, I'm, I'm quite glad to see Pearson back. He seems to be coming back on the kind of game he, he, he had with his first at Motherwell and then obviously went on to Celtic afterwards. He's, he's starting to show signs of the player he once was. Yeah. It's, uh, it's another good. one that can hamper a wee bit by injuries, I think. Yeah. And then maybe their own career moves down south. Yeah. It's just, uh, but it's never a penalty, I don't think. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. I was, because I watched the sports scene just actually tonight, <laughs> um, they showed the League Cup first. And I was already tweeting about penalties by that point. Yeah, yeah I seen you. Greg replied to me and says, wait, do you see the Dun- one that uh, Dundee got against us? <laughs> as soon as I say that, I'm, I've seen it three or four times now and I still don't know what he's given. No, I don't, I don't think anyone does. It looks like yeah. he slaps the ball and then a Dundee player falls over next to him. Yeah. Oh, it's madness. It's, I, I genuinely have no idea what this was given for at all. I will never find out. No, we'll never know because you can't speak to the, the referees unless you're interviewing them after their wee trip to La Manga. And then you can talk to them about oh how would you like techno- how would you like technology to come into the game and I think it was I was listening to Sports Sound um yesterday and they were interviewing Craig Thompson. 
about he'd quite liked it. He was quite against technology, but he'd quite like it to be brought in now because he's seen how it works in other sports. And I thought, well, fair enough. And then they asked him something like, is there one decision in your career that you would want to go back and use technology with? And he says, well, there's probably loads in them and blah, blah, blah. And then he mentioned like the the one he would have liked to have seen technology help out to fix that kind of thing would have been the the, the Inverness Celtic semi-final from Scottish Cup last season. Right. <laughs> and it was like, well, I, ju- I, ju- I just hope that uh, after this uh, training uh, camp, we can all sort of it's helped us out and we cut out mistakes and we're not talking about mistakes. <laughs> and now, immediately after this training camp, we're talking about mistakes for yeah. whoever it was that refereed the Dundee game. I never quite noticed. We talk about it most weeks, to be fair, and we've, we got, do. Another, we've got another few to talk about we'll later as well. We'll still get Stephen McLean and Greg Thompson himself to come oh, on yes. to later on. Aye, who are uh, regular culprits. Yeah, unfortunately. It's, I never uh, probably call him this weekend, which is probably a good thing. That's always a good thing, isn't it? When you don't see him. He'll no doubt pop up at some point. Who's the referee and where is the actually? Um, I don't know. I don't know either. I'd... I haven't seen that, so. It'll probably be some clown shoe. Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> I the, the one other thing that amused me for sports scene last night was when uh, they just finished showing the Dundee Motherwell game and then they said, Paul Hartley refused to speak to speak. Aye, <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. Did you see Jonathan Sutherland having a few wee digs on Twitter? Aye. And I was astounded by them because Jonathan Sullivan was coming with, oh, but our viewing figures, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. there's a reason the viewing figures in sports scene are so high. There's no other alternative for some people. It's it's on like BBC, so it's easily accessible by anybody with a telly. Yep. I've got the internet and I still watch sports scene. I could watch all the games on the internet, but I find it harder to dig out a laptop and watch the games properly and take notes for this podcast. It's much easier just to watch it on the telly and take notes. To be fair, I think uh, the folk that are on the sports scene probably watch about as much as us. You would think with them being paid to do the job that they would be able to give a bit better analysis, but no, nah, oh, I don't the, think so. We should come yeah. on to analysis later on as well. Cause and I know we've got a cheat to talk because both of us aren't going to games this season, but I, know. Well, I would say we still see as much football as them. <sighs> Pretty much. <sighs> it's embarrassing. So, sports scene should be a lot better than it is. And I mean, I, I can't criticise Jonathan Sutherland for trying to defend it, because I'm sure he does the best job with the very limited resources he has. But I, he can't deny that there is incredibly limited resources for that programme. It should be a lot better than it is, and it's, just, it's garbage. The problem as well is when they get current professionals on it as well, because obviously they're not going yeah, to... Because they're not going to talk about it. Exactly, they're not going to be controversial, whereas the best, I think, is Michael Stewart. Because... It's player, but he's not afraid to like have a go at teams or get stuck in, even if it's his old teams that he played for. He he tends to say what he thinks, which is which I like. Thinks so, a good so, thing. Sometimes what he thinks is stupid. Um, I actually think Chris Boyd's pretty decent. I know I, I don't, I'm backtracking now because I said I don't like current professionals in it, but I think he's actually pretty decent. Chris he's, Boyd. He's been on it. Uh, when he's been he's been on it a couple of times. He's actually been quite decent. I don't. Uh, Stephen Thompson. I don't mind. Uh, he's, he's not, not bad. He's not bad, but he's a bit. He's a bit kind of sits in the fence kind of thing. He doesn't really. I, don't, I, I would say. Barry Robson's been on it a few times. It's been okay, but I don't know. Uh, you you kind of need a personality for that. Yeah, you need a Pat Nevin. Aye, well, Pat Nevin's got a personality at least. <laughs> it's not a likeable personality, unfortunately, but he does have one. Yeah. 
<laughs> I quite like Pat Bonner, actually. I think he tends to talk a lot of sense, and obviously he's got his own goalkeeping experience, so he talks from that kind of perspective. Yes. But he, 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 tend, he, was, he was pretty good on, on Sports League last night, actually. So that was good to see. But it was balanced by Pat Nevin, unfortunately. Aye. But aye, that's for another, another slagging on this podcast. And yet we continue to watch it. See what I mean about the figures, no With no much other option. Exactly. Aye. It's, it's sad, you know. Um, so, right, there's no putting it off anymore. We need to move on to the League Cup. Because... We move on to it, aye. There isn't much to talk about. Start on Saturday, eh? We'll start on Saturday, yeah. Well, that's, that's the, the... The first of the two games was at Tyne Castle. Um, we did mention the first with the tickets last week. Uh, I know St. Johnson were a bit screwed over a bit. But um, it seemed like it was a decent enough crowd. There wasn't too many spaces, which yeah. is, is good. At least the tickets didn't go completely to waste. Um, uh, uh, Liam Henderson. Liam Henderson's uh, dived in. What was happening there? That was... I, I, see, I heard Pat Nevin as well try to defend it. He, Pat Nevin which... tried to defend it and he couldn't see whether there was contact or not. I thought it was pretty obvious, wasn't it? He was halfway down yes. when there was at the point when there was any possible contact. It's a, it's a pretty clear dive for Malling, um, which I hate to say because he's a Celtic player on one arms. But uh, he's, he's dived, he's looked for it and got it. Now, it's, a, it's not exactly the greatest of, of challenges. There's no getting away from that. But uh, the, the, the Stephen McLean, who the aforementioned culprit of the Inverness Celtic game uh, for the yeah. last semi-final way refereed. So he's been conned again, I think. Um, full credit to Cummins for putting it away. Yeah. Yes, uh, I seen talk about the the possible gesture to the St. the St. Johnson fans. Don't know if that was. I know. Um, did he get booked for it? Because he's supposed to get booked for these things, as how uh, they found out. Um, but <laughs> begin great great strike to win the win the game. Oh, cracker! And I, I don't think we should take away from Shockness. He's header either. That was a, yeah, a, yeah. a open header to get the equaliser. So I mean, the, the other two goals in the game were, were, were excellent, and. Although I don't think the penalty should have stood, I think Hibs were probably better than the two teams for what I've read and what I've seen in the highlights. And St. Johnson just weren't quite right. So it wasn't that, a real surprise though, because I no, think well, we think they were favourites. They were yeah. favourites for the game, uh, which rightly so, I think, because St. Johnson have been in some terrible form and Hibs have been in some terrific form. I think they've played St. Uh, Johnson at the right time. If yes. they played St. Johnson maybe a couple of, what, a couple of months ago or something, yeah, then they would have just played them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was a, a, the height of St. Johnson's kind of season so far. Um, obviously, the, there was the one against Aberdeen that they had as well, when about the same time. Yeah. So if, if, if Hibs had played them then, then maybe St. Johnson would have come out on top. But St. Johnson had been going through a really bad spell at the moment. Um, they, that was only like their second goal in about six or seven games. So, um, aye, it's, it's, it's not been a, a great period for St. Johnson. They'll be disappointed that's them um, out of both cups now. They've only got the league left to play for. and. That's not exactly going to well a fifth, but and they've lost to Halloran, and they've and they've lost to Halloran tonight, yeah. So uh, they're trying to sign Stephen Scoople. It used to be at Livingston, right? But I think uh, I think I know, there was some talk about going the other way for Rangers. Ah, I can. I heard that one. I never seen them gone anywhere, so no. that's not a rumor. I don't know that much there anyway. Uh, to be fair, not the, not for what I've heard. In the for Rangers fans they say he's been a bit off a boil this season, so maybe that would have sparked them up a wee own move. Fair play to John McGinn, though, I think, because I think I was I quite yeah. a bit more surprised when he moved to Hibs because, well, you remember the, the, the game against Celtic, the final, yeah. where he was 
protect. Was he bad that much? Um, well, he was certainly a contender. He, he was superb that day at what, 19, I think. And I reckon so, there would have been a Premiership club is interested in him. But he's going to Hibs and he's, th- he's thriving. He is. He's, he's, he's... Well, I had that controversy a couple of, weeks, a couple of months ago. Claim or whatever it was. Yeah. But other than that, he's, he's been playing well. He's obviously got that goal. Do you think the keeper could have done a bit better with it? So it wasn't as if he didn't exactly put it in the corner. I think he's maybe been caught out by not expecting the shot to come in the first place. They touched on that sports scene. It's possible as well because McGinn's left footed. Mm-hmm. So he maybe wasn't expecting McGinn to strike, but it's right, but aye. Great finish. Oh, no. It's as it's, it's, it's good a goal to win a, a semi final tie as any. No, we'll They've got some fine run talent, not Hibs. Cummings as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how McGee has been doing this year, but he was obviously McGee yeah. pretty decent any time he did get a chance at Celtic, I thought. And then I wonder whether Henderson whether the be the temptation for his loan deal to extend next year, uh-huh. that season. Uh-huh. Um but he's certainly yeah. done he's certainly been doing pretty well. I mean I know I know we've been talking about his dive. Actually, that's the point. If that's a dive and obviously he's calling the referee because the referee gives a penalty. Can the compliance officer step in and say, hmm, too much ban, and that would keep him out of the final? Would it, I don't know whether it would be only a... Would it only be if St. Johnson mentioned it at all or not? Or the compliance officer can just do it himself? I think the compliance officer can pick up any once. But uh, I, think, like, I think what might get him off is the likes of Pat Nevin saying, well, there might have been contact, so it's kind of hard to tell. Because I think Pat Nevin was, throughout all this, was basically trying to defend uh, the referees and making these decisions because you kind of always see why they might have given it. And it's, it's a bit hard for them to tell. Because when, when, when he compared the three penalties that were given over the weekend and this one and the Dundee one were kind of ones he said he still couldn't tell even with the TV replays. Though yeah. you could tell clearly it was the one for the Celtic game. But um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. It's one... If, it would, it would almost be a bit disappointing for Henderson to have sat and watched Celtic on a Sunday, knowing that if Celtic get through, he couldn't play in the final. Celtic then don't get through. If he, if he finds out he can play the final, only for the compliance officer to go, ah, no you. I should be diving then. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. The, the dive has played a big part in getting them through. And you'd imagine St John's to be bitterly disappointed that the fact that they've lost by a goal and that one of those goals came for apparently it was a dive and uh, Anthony Stokes might only play one game in the tournament and it'd be the final aye very true <laughs> might get a medal <laughs> that's very strange but then that's when he gets into the team was aye there, was there a reason he couldn't play was I think he, he was injured I think there was talk he was injured he's got injured there already that's impressive well, some sort of problem like a week <laughs> but I don't know whether Cummins is still going to be at Hibs at the end of the window. I think I've seen talk again that Bristol City were trying to bid for him, but... I've not seen anything go through tonight yet. There's still time, but um, I don't mind seeing anything snipping up. Oh, OK, so Hibs get through on a Saturday. Aye, how do you go? Let's hear it. Let's, let's hear it. to Sunday, and what was a great... Uh, over, to, over, to, over to you. <laughs> I, I missed the start of the game. <laughs> I, I was just parking the car. I thought, right, I've just about made that. I'll probably catch the first couple of minutes of this game and I went sat and watch it. And before I'd even finished parking in the driveway, Lee Griffiths had passed the boat to Gary McKay Stephen and the balls in the net. Fair play to Griffiths, by the way, for the square, Yeah, I thought, right, 
given the sweating he got the previous week off James Forrest, which apparently led to some tunnel bust-up about not passing the ball, to then go out there and pass that ball to Gary McKay even for a tap-in. It was the right decision, there was absolutely no doubt it, uh, it was about 80% chance or something like Pat Nevin suggested that uh, he was going to score. So passing it to Gary McKay Stephen, who's got a tap-in, who uh, somebody somewhere along the line pointed out he nearly missed. <laughs> he didn't quite connect to it properly and it just sneaked inside the post. Yeah. But uh, aye, it was it was a, it was it was the right thing to do. It was a great start for Celtic. Um, there was another couple of chances in the first sort of four or five minutes, so Celtic could have been two or three up. Um, there was a penalty claim as well, where like it looked to me like Griffiths, the defender had stumbled and then kind of fell into Griffiths, uh, which took him out and stopped Griffiths getting chasing after the ball. It was inside the box. It is contact. It has brought him down. It would have been a soft penalty to give, but. <sighs> When you consider what happened next, you kind of think, well, I'd want this off penalty. Because... Aye, I suppose for the Ambrose, the Ambrose one, you can say there is contact, whether right. it was much contact or not. I've so... seen it replayed several times, and I don't think there's... It's, it's, it's hard to tell whether it's enough contact to take it or not. The guy's running the full pelt. It only takes a little thing to knock him off that side. Um, so it might well have made contact. I can't let there's one angle they keep stopping it, which is really annoying. I wish you just play it. <laughs> they keep stopping it. it. Looks like he might have made contact, but it's I'm 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 not inclined to argue that this was not a penalty because if it had been at the other end, I'd have wanted it myself. Yeah, just as I said, it was like as soft as the one that Lee Griffiths had taken it. Aye. I would say the one that F. Ambrose takes him. The problem I've got with this is well, there's actually two problems I've got with it. First of all, Michael Wistig's sleeping. It's him that runs, he runs off. Effie Ambrose is covering for Lustig's mistake and pays the ultimate price by getting sent off. But this is the problem I have with it. It shouldn't be a red card in my book because it's been overhit. Craig Gordon's getting it. Does, Craig Gordon does get it. It doesn't whether he gets taken out or not. Craig Gordon is smothering that ball. It's not an obvious goal scoring opportunity. There's no doubt Effie Ambrose is the last man, but that's not the rule. The rule is obvious goal scoring opportunity and that ball's running away from him. He's not getting it. So I think a yellow card would have been the right decision there in the penalty. And this is where Michael Stewart started to annoy me because it got to half time and Pat Nevin, of all people, was sitting making this point and Michael Stewart basically dismissed it entirely and just went, nah, that's a red card. Aye. So you're, you're sitting there, you're paid to be a pundit. This is a major decision in the game and you're just skipping over somebody's point as if, nah, you're wrong. That's it. I'm not explaining why you're wrong, it's just wrong. And then about five seconds later, he said something about, I don't know the rules, but... Well, if you don't know the rules, why are you sitting there being a pundit? Yeah. I can't even remember what he was making a point about when he said he didn't know the rules. Something to do with, like, I think it was the contact. He needs Craig's rule book. He does. Craig will sort of build out the rule book. He's seen his dead, because he knows the rules. Yeah. He knows the rules. Aye. <laughs> Let's start a campaign. But in terms of county, uh, good time for Woods to get his first goal for the season, eh? Aye. Aye, well, yeah, I don't think the penalties were going to go man in a match, but... Uh... No, but it's uh, deliberate, good, good delivery for the corner as well for the second goal. Oh, right. The second goal then, right. I first, the first time I seen this goal, I thought was, that is absol
Oh yeah, yeah. First time right. that this season. Oh, it was the Aberdeen last time. Yep. Um, but then, like, I was on Twitter following the game, and everybody was going irate about Gordon, and I thought I've missed this. What have I missed? So it took about five minutes to see the players, and then you see it, and it's basically a WWE wrestling move on Craig Gordon. It's a film, and then you think, okay, so the referee can't see it, right? Well, the referee could see it because you look at the replay and he's got a clear line of sight to the goalkeeper. He should be able to see it easily. It's a free kick. The goal should never have stood. It's obviously something they've been working on in the training. Teams get away with it all the time, though. Manhandling the the goalkeeper. Usually goalkeepers are overprotected. It's very unusual not to see a goalkeeper protected in that way because he's got a hold of him. You can't even. You're lucky if you get away with doing that to a, a, a striker or a defender. Never mind the goalkeeper. There was quite a lot of bodies in there, though. There is, but the if you, I've seen stills on Twitter and they show you exactly where Craig Thompson's standing, and most of the bodies are at the near post. Craig Thompson is standing behind the, the far post at the kind of. He's inside the box, but he's far enough away for everybody. He's got a clear line of sight to Craig Gordon, so there's no doubt for me that you can see it. He's just he's just not doing his job. Sports. That, there's that much going on in the box as well, I suppose. Right, I mean, there was, that, that's the, there that's was David, the, David and Quinn were blocking, was it Lustig? Lustig, yep, there's that man again. Um, um, but that, so so that, that was a good training ground move, the way they blocked off Lustig, because yes. that freed them up and they got the, well, obviously worked it well. And it was a good, like I say, a good training ground uh, corner, especially when you can get away with grabbing the goalkeeper. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that for a minute that if Craig Gordon had been absolutely free, he was going to save it. I don't think he was going to have a touch chance. Aye. Because it's a well-worked move and they stuck it right in the corner. I'm not sure Craig Gordon's getting it, whether he's holding him or not. But we'll never know, because Craig Gordon's getting a nice cuddle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it, to me, it's poor defending for Celtic. It's, it's the thing you can do something about, rather than moaning about the ref or anything. Um, not for the first time that we've conceded goals for ZPCs either. But it was just... And I think Stephanie Hansen was another one. It was asleep at that... Uh, corner so I'll come back to him in just shortly because I like, like the third goal no complaints apart from Lustig yet again because Lustig was Lustig ran away from the man who did eventually score the goal and ran into the middle for some reason so again Lustig caused one of your defenders to get pulled out of position and go chasing after the man with the ball now this time it didn't come out apparently or anything like that but he wasn't able to get there in time and it was 3-1 and 3-1 the game's done yeah, we're, we're, we're 3-1 down by 10 men we've got no chance it's easy to beat Ross County with 10 men I know this is this, that's another point I'll come back to <laughs> <laughs> that's what, no I'll come back to it now we sat and watched Aberdeen at Ross County about 2 or 3 weeks ago yeah it's not even that long ago and Aberdeen put on an absolute masterclass of how to play with 10 men against a team at Ross County they just they were fat they hassled everything Ross County did. They made Ross County make mistakes. Ross County never stood a chance. Yeah, I said when, I said when we reviewed the game, it looked like it was Ross County that had the 10 men. Yeah, oh, aye. Aberdeen were all over them for the 90 minutes. I was impre- It was the fitness of Aberdeen that impressed me that day because that was an hour you played with 10 men. Um, Celtic obviously played a bit longer than that yesterday. But, uh, it was still a good portion of the game. Yeah, you touched on that as well on Twitter about the fact that uh, Aberdeen being fair in Celtic. Yeah, and that, that to me is a difference. Like, uh, when, Celtic yesterday, they didn't close down Ross County, they gave them the the, the run of the pitch, uh, they just looked like they couldn't keep up, and Ross County looked like the, the fitter team. 
when you compare that to the Aberdeen Ross County game, you're like, Aberdeen were clearly the third team. Yeah. It's just like, for all Ronnie Dyla might have improved the fitness at Celtic from what the, what, the days of Neil Lennon, it, it still doesn't come close to the fitness of Aberdeen. So whatever Derek McInnes is doing is working well. It's, it's just, it's ridiculous. You can sit here and look at a game not two or three weeks ago against exactly the same team and Celtic can't do exactly the same thing. It's like Ronnie Dyla didn't do his homework. Aye. So, aye, 3-1, and then Celtic got a penalty for nothing. I am not I'm not accepting that's a handball because there's no way it's deliberate. The hands just I don't know why the hands are in the first place right enough because it's a weird way to try and head the ball. <laughs> but that's what he's trying to do, he's trying to head the ball. It's an accidental handball. There's no way that's a penalty. Ah yeah, it's not even as if you can say he's trying to even thumbs up because it was too late to even thumbs up if it's well too late to thought it was a mistake made. So and I uh, hate all that you even up things anyway. Ah, exactly. As, as it was, Lee Griffith's penalty was rubbish. Now, I don't want to take away from Fox, but any, like, any decent keeper saves that penalty because it's nowhere near the corner. It's just it should be a penalty you save quite easily if you know, if, as long as you don't guess what way the guy's going to hit the ball. Yeah, which I think Craig Gordon does, by the way. Because I've read a stat earlier today that Craig Gordon has never saved a penalty. Aye, He's, there's been a few missed against him, but none of them were anything to do with him. <laughs> Aye, quite a sweet day though for uh, Jackson Oven and Michael Gordon. Aye, that, that, that aye, the. the What's the of Celtic reserves that are in the Ross County team. We've mentioned that a few times in this podcast. To then go and beat the current Celtic team. And like, for all I've moaned about the referee, Ross County fully deserved it. They attacked it straight. Uh, they took their chances when they came. The, the third goal is a decent finish as well. Um, the second goal is brilliantly worked off the training ground. Full credit to Ross County. They absolutely deserved it. And I think the man who deserves it most is Fox in the goal. Because for all he should have saved that penalty, there were some cracking saves, especially oh, yeah, right at the end. Yeah, the one where it took a deflection. Aye, Lee Griffiths worked his way out of position, took a shot, it took about two deflections. Yeah. He somehow got a leg to it and put it over the bar. Aye, that was something that uh, Bonner mentioned. You were talking about uh, Paddy Bonner earlier, but he was talking about how keepers are now training to save on their feet as well as their hands. Oh yeah, I think you need to. And I think uh, uh, Bonner was playing at the time before there was a passback rule. So Bonner kind of had to learn the whole how to play with your foot. Because when the passback rule came in, keepers had to be better with their feet all of a sudden. And I think Bonner kind of had to learn when he was he was playing. I don't think he quite managed it to be honest. I don't. It was never a strong point. Only positive for Celtic maybe yesterday. Scott Brown being back. Uh, oh, I, that, that, that substitution looked like a <laughs> desperation. It looked like we needed leader on the park, so we threw one on to see if it would help. And well, three, the game is done by then, but we, we did seem to try and create things, but not. We never done enough. It was it was pretty clear. Um, and then we got to the very end of the game. And Stefan Johansson just lost the plot. Not for the first time this season, I must admit that Stefan Johansson just seems to lose the rag and boot somebody. I'd have sent him off. I, was, I know he was probably frustrated, so you can kind of make allowances for that at least. But it was a reckless, reckless challenge. That was. I, I, he just he, he launched into the guy. It's a red card for me. But. Get Thompson apart with the side, it was just a yellow, so. Uh, how did you think Sviatchenko did when he came on? Alright, oh, for all I've complained about our defending, I thought Sviatchenko looked alright. For, uh, for a guy that was just coming into the team, he's still kind of at pre-season fitness levels. Um, we didn't have much choice but to put him on the bench. Looks like, that, I think he might then play on Wednesday. He might well do because After, uh, um, Ambrose, because it was a straight red, will be uh, suspended. Is Simonovic still injured? Simonovic is out for a while for what I was hearing, which oh, is well. right. Um, although Boyata came back in, Effie Ambrose had to stay in. 
And this yeah, is so. something I've, I've, I've mentioned on Twitter as well. People were slating the fact that F.A. Ambrose keeps getting picked. Brody Day was not had a choice. But yeah, he has been out injured for a few weeks. Aye, so I had my jobs today. Seiko is just in the door and isn't fit yet to play. But we, it was like the last chance we had. So F.A. Ambrose has been playing because we've had no, no one else to play. And, and yes, he has played reasonably well in recent weeks. But he yes, we can play like this quite well into the end of the game on Wednesday because uh, Aberdeen will be fancy the chances in terms of playing against a well, pretty new, well, new defence. Exactly. That's they've, only played, they've only played, what, 86 minutes? To, no, sorry, 76 minutes together. Yeah. And Boyata's he's, just back from injury. Yeah. And as you say, Sviatchenko's no fit. The fact he's going to have to, he's going to have to work. Having played that 76 minutes with 10 men, they now have to yep. go again in midweek against a team who had the weekend off. Can Lustig as well cope with two games in a week? That's a good question. Scott I, Brown I, just I, back from injury yeah, Scott Brown back, just back Scott from injury as well. Back, I don't know if he'll play. Um... Who knows? I really don't know what Celtic are going to turn up this week, but they're, they're bound to feel the effects of uh, having played so long with 10 men. And Aberdeen have had a rest as well. Week off. So that's that's bound to be a, a massive game. And when you consider that that's a trophy gone, I mean, yet again, we've said, what people talk about how Celtic they should be winning trebles. It's, well, it's all very good well saying that, but it only takes one slip up in a cup game and you're gubbed. You can slip up in the league and make it up. You can't do it in the cup. Yeah. And that's where Celtic have been slipping up. But uh, as you tweeted earlier, I seen your tweet earlier, it went all the cup defeats over the last 10 years. It's not as if this is like a one-off. No, it's really not. Because, I mean, like, there was... There was, there was a, lot of, a lot of defeats at home as well, I noticed. Ah, it's very strange, isn't it? But aye, there's, there's, been, there's been plenty of defeats in the cup but I mean, what, you, you compare Ronnie Dyler losing to Inverness and Ross County well Neil Lennon lost to Ross County a few years ago when Ross County were a first division team Aye it was quite early days though wasn't it but Lennon being in charge I, I, at that point It was the only game Lennon lost as interim manager uh, It was just unfortunate it was a cup game so that went on to be a bit of a hallmark of Lennon's teams <laughs> they would suddenly just dip and form completely the entire team uh, It lost as a league one year when we done it up in Inverness where the team just didn't turn up when we get beat. When we were, if we just won our games, Rangers weren't catching us. Yeah. Um, it happened against St Mirren in the, the League Cup. It happened right. against Kilmarnock in the League Cup final the year before that. Uh, it happened in the Scottish Cup a couple against Hearts at one point. Morton. Morton was probably the worst bloody cup game I've ever seen because we had our 27 corners and didn't do anything with them and then lost a penalty. Going back even further, it was Clyde. Clyde was yeah. under Strachan. Yep, oh, that, yeah. that was that, Strachan made a fatal error there by playing that Dewey, who was completely unheard of and never heard of again afterwards because he was horrendous. Um, but he, he, Strachan made too many changes that day, and pe- people always point the Inverness Cali Thistle, the first Inverness Cali Thistle defeat in the Scottish Cup, as being one of the biggest defeats in Scottish Cup history. That's never been a big defeat to me because to me that was losing to an Inverness team that were up and coming and within what, four or five years they were in the Premiership. They're now a, an established Premiership team. They've obviously won the Scottish Cup last season by beating us in the way. It's no longer... Losing to Inverness wasn't a surprise that night because Celtic were all over the place anyway. The Clyde defeat, which came about five years later, I think five or six years later, was a massive defeat by, by, by those standards because that, Inver, if Inverness were an up-and-coming team, Clyde were a team going nowhere and Clyde have never recovered for, for those days because they were a, when we played them, they were a first division team but they were heading down and they're now sitting 
fourth tier as opposed to the second tier. They've gone backwards since that, whereas everyone else has gone forward. Aye, Mor- Morton is even worse because Mort- like Clyde were all right that season itself. They played them. Morton were garbage. Morton get relegated the same season they beat us in the League Cup. Those are the ones that are cup shocks to me. The Clyde and Morton. Inverness, yeah, it's disappointing, but it's the same with Ross County. Disappointing, but yeah, we weren't great. They were good. They were up and coming. They're now in the Premiership. Good team. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what it comes. You need to put you need to put things in perspective. You can't just say, "Ah, a lower league team you lost to that big massive cup shot." There was a word as well. I uh, tweeted to you earlier about the uh, dialer signings. Ah, then it's not just dialer signings. It's Lennon signings. It's uh, some of Mowbray signings were, were head scratchers. Yeah. Nope. Did you? I, the first time I remember sitting there going, "Does the manager have any saying he's got signings?" Was when we signed Rasmussen. And then pretty much the same day we got Robbie Keenan, and it was it was it was literally Rasmussen was written off for the minute he walked out the door. Yeah, I will keep it just uh, to pacify the fans, even because exactly. there was no way you were doing it. Now, I don't know if Rasmussen was ever going to be a decent player. Uh, he seems to have done all right at Midland or whatever that these teams called. Aye, he's been doing all right there. Uh, but talk. Aye, I seen a thing though as well earlier about the amount of players that Celtic have signed since Mulberry was manager. So 2009, Celtic have signed 78 players. Aye, it sounds about right. And so is, many of them have been projects that have been absolute garbage. But I mean, it's usually I think, see if you want to kind of build a team and strengthen each year, two, maybe two or three signings each one. Like, aye. certainly in the summer, maybe one or two in the window, the January window. You don't want to be having that amount of turnover in players. It's all right, maybe the few that came, like the likes of Winyama, Forster, kind of Van Dyke players that you yeah, made decent money like, off. And there was that, when the season that Lennon took over permanently, there was a lot of changes that season, but it, that was needed because Mowbray's team was rubbish and needed cleared out. To be fair to Mowbray, Strachan's team had run its course. Mowbray had to clear that team out. And all, the problem with Mowbray clearing that team out was that he cleared it out and brought in more rubbish. Which just sort of sealed his fate, to be honest. Lennon at least brought in some decent players. Now I'm saying Lennon, I don't know who does transfers at Celtic. Not entirely convinced as a manager. Because these days we only seem to sign from Man City, because that's where Wall's son works. Ah, I didn't know that. Mark Wall, woke him up. So supposedly that's why Patrick Roberts is pretty highly rated, but probably not an area that really you need to strengthen. See if like, we've signed two tonight officially, right? We've got, Aye, got him an eighteen month loan from Man City. Now when I first heard we were linked to Roberts, my thought was a six month loan, what's the point in that? Yeah. See now it's eighteen months. It's more along the lines of we're getting a man ahead of the Champions League, so that's bit yeah. we had with Denier. Denier worked out really well for us and it was a good for a season. Alright, we're training up somebody else's player and we're never gonna sign him. He's gonna have a future whatever club you've signed for, which just, again, is Man City. But you're getting that season out of them. You're getting the benefit. If it had only been the six months, I would have seen the point. But having them for 18 months, no, nah, fair enough. We're going to get a decent uh, benefit. Was oh, the hell? We originally got Foster for a year. Nobody thought we were actually going to sign him, and then we did. 
Yeah. Well, for us, because we obviously got them and sold them on for a fortune. And, and that's ideally what we can do, but I, but I don't see that happening with Roberts. Ideally, we get loan deals in and then we sign them up permanently afterwards. But oh, you're not, you're not going to sign him permanently. He's very highly tapped. He's one for the future for Man City. He's, he's been loaned to us, we'll get a benefit of him for a year and then he'll be back again. But aye, it's. The problem with Celtic have got is we never it's strikers. But how many strikers have we had that have been projects in, in recent seasons? We've had uh, Pookie, there's been Baldy, Amido Baldy, Mobile. It comes to mind. Where's uh, it? Who came back to haunt us? Let's just tap. Uh, Shepovic is still on our books, but he's on loan because he's no what. Chief G's away to Turkey tonight because he's. Yeah, I said that. Aye. Uh, we've got Carlton Cole currently, who I don't think is a footballer these days because he's too big and cumbersome. I mean, I'll probably use that weight, but I'm not going to get 90 minutes out of him, kind of thing. But yes, we've got Griffiths, that's worked out really well for us. But it's, it's like him and Hooper are the kind of two standouts. Even Stokes, Stokes and Hooper linked up really well together, but Stokes is now on loan uh, Hibs because allegedly it's an attitude problem. Yeah. Which, okay, I can believe that because he's, 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 he can be a bit of a mouth at times. But, um, okay, fair enough, we'll accept. Maybe Aye, it's a bit of a... Yeah, we've seen Kazim Richards. What? Kazim Richards doesn't have as good a record as Stokes does. Uh, he's been found guilty of being homophobic. <laughs> this is he's got a two, a two and a half year deal as well. I mean, two and a half years? Well... I mean, the, the crazy thing is Feyenoord seem to have given them is for nothing it's, it's almost Aye, they're happy to get rid of him go just go take him we don't want him it's like, how can we not get what get Berichter out of the way and a deal like that see just uh, on the talk of transfers I've just seen Andy uh, messaging that uh, supposedly Inverness are claiming that the wording of Tarnsley's release clause is ambiguous and are prepared to go down the route of legal proceedings and Hughes has threatened to t- uh, resign if Tandy is sold. Wow. That's, that's pretty mental. Um, so, aye. That's uh, pretty interesting. Good good information there. Nice. But I suppose there'll be other players as well in Barretta have got release clauses as well. It seems to be a bit of a thing in certain clubs, these release clauses. See, often never seem to have. It's weird. Anyway, I've probably talked enough about Celtic. Um... What other transfer news have we seen? Hearts have been busy. Uh, Aberdeen have signed, well, probably signed Simon Church on loan from MK Dons. Uh, not very prolific down south, but there's been players before that have kind of come that haven't made that profit down south and done well up here, so I don't know whether that still might mean that there's been talk of good money uh, going out somewhere on loan, either Ross County or even Cali Thistle after uh, uh, if Tanzi's not going to go to Aberdeen. No, but I don't understand why he go to Ross County either. I'm maybe I know maybe no. maybe maybe he's trying to get a medal. But has he played for the in the League Cup already? I think he might have done. He probably has. I don't. I, I don't understand uh, why he would go to Ross County because he'd have boys Curran and Shalk. Yeah, and the only the only thing I thought earlier is when Hearts had sold Osman so that potentially Hearts might go after one of Ross County strikers. But even boys, I would have thought. But even still, I would have reckon Goodwillie would have been. Well, second choice, but I think Curran, is Curran injured, I think. Um, possibly. So, but Schalke's looked pretty good the last few games. So, but 
Aye, it looks like the Tardy deal is off. Not happening. So, a bit disappointing in that one, maybe? Certainly disappointing, I think, in terms of we've let a few players go. I can mention last week that Parker obviously didn't. Don't be wrong, Parker wasn't exactly playing on, you know, it was McLaughlin, but I still think the squad lacks a bit of depth. And the fact that I still think Celtic are there for the taking, I just think, unless something's going to happen in the next, what, less than two hours? Then I pretty disappointing window for Aberdeen, I think. So I don't know whether I don't imagine there's any kind of backup plan, but I think that's the risk that you take when you stay. Yeah. I, I I thought, and I think a lot of people thought that the reason why we were waiting this long is because we were after maybe O'Halloran possibly or a player from Ross County, and we were waiting until the semi-finals had been. But I disappointed. Um, you're just disappointed you can sell something that was been sold for a million and a half to China. Aye, Goodwill, aye. Um, but I don't know where Goodwill is actually going somewhere. I'm just trying to see. No, this is where we start scanning our Twitter feeds. The Unless he's just been released or anything like that. I'd be Goodwill surprised if he'd just been released. All I've seen is Goodwill confirmed, but I don't uh, know. Uh, well, no, here we go. Andy Scanner has tweeted, deal done, Aberdeen's David Goodwill has joined Ross County alone until the end of the season. Aye, that seems crazy. That's so, aye, that is that is a very strange one. But aye, if Andy's saying that, then I'm, I'm happy to go with it. That's aye, a good exactly. source. So, unless maybe you never know, maybe there's going to be some light move with us counting a striker leaving there. But I don't know. I, but I just think aye, there's been a. I don't know whether it's been a lack. I mean, I think it's harsh to maybe say a lack of ambition, but I just think that probably. We could uh, even a loan sign would have been all right. Obviously, we've had success with Ward. Okay, we didn't have success with Parker and McLaughlin, but there's plenty kind of up and coming youngsters down south that you would think at least as a backup could be all right as a striker. Because I think we certainly needed a striker. Okay, we signed this guy Church. We'll see how he does. Still think, as I've said before, we need a central midfielder. Looks now that we're not getting one, so that means that we're just now just left with story. McLean and Shinny because Flood and Jack are both out. Um, so I don't know. And then we lost uh, Quinn as well. Aye, so you, even you, there, we're short, quite short in the back. So, but see, we're, we're doing that as well. Yeah, that's where you're thinking maybe there is going to be a move. Um, and then I this deal why seems to have collapsed. So the only, unless, I don't know whether or not, because even as well at this time, it's not as if you, if you try and sign someone at this point, you're not going to be able to have a medical for a player. You would imagine it would be subject to medical. Aye. <laughs> we do it in the morning or something. Uh, but that's so I, but it's, it's not looking good. But And I, as we've, as you mentioned before, Hearts have looked as if they maybe done some decent business and might still do something with uh, Suter as well. Aye, I don't think that was still ongoing. Um, well, again, <laughs> this is where we have handy contacts. Warry reckons it's ongoing. <laughs> Aye, well, he reckons uh, Jordan McGee's going to Middlesbrough alone, which seems a bit of a weird one. There's well, a scoop. I don't think I've seen that anywhere other than um, our WhatsApp feed. <laughs> and then they've signed this striker from Vitez Arnaman loan. Aye, um, the Nigerian guy. Aye, Who's they've not had much success with the other Nigerian. Right. Or shouldn't you are? So, was it D- uh, Dadu? D- Dada? Or something like that? Ari Bola? Dowda. And then they've signed Don Kelly, who was another one who was like Aberdeen. Aye, um, that's, a, that's a good sign. Don Kelly's not bad. 
Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was getting kind of fairly slighted by Wigan fans, so but oh, he was a good player. He was a good solid sort of player up here when he was was playing. So ah, uh, I'm I'm now reminded of one of the the, the greatest near misses ever because um, I've just seen that Charlton Athletic have signed Rod Fanny on loan. Oh yes, welcome Fanny. Yes, Celtic were once thankful in the days that we also had Bobo Baldy. Yeah, uh, Partick that's off signed and, and Lee Naylor. Aye. So you could legitimately had a back uh, line of Neil, Baldy, Fanny. Yeah. Somebody was pointing out we also had Odie, but I forgot that was always a bit of a stretcher for me. Aye, but Patrick Thistle, you mentioned this bit earlier, but they've signed a German. Literally, yeah. That, that made me laugh when I seen that on Twitter today. Yeah. Patrick Thistle have signed a German. Could you be any more vague? No, that's his name. Aye, uh, Gobus has gone to. Motherwell on loan, and That's not Danny, Danny Swanson's going to, well, looks like he's going to Bartis and Johnson, where he probably should have stayed. Uh, what was that? I'm trying to think Oh yeah, Kilmarnock have signed Gary Dicker from Carlisle. I know that's been talk- spoken about about the last week or so. Uh, who else was there? Was that it, maybe? Or uh, Kilmarnock are also trying to sign uh, Lee Hodson on loan from MK Dons. It's the only thing I've seen. Oh, um, from a Scottish perspective, Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher to Marseille, aye. Uh, he's got some agent, isn't he? Blackburn. Oh, yeah. so from Blackburn to Borough. Yes. So that's, that's the two Scottish uh, strikers. I've made a move tonight as well. So That's some move for Fletcher, isn't it? Marseille. You, you would, you'd think so, aye. I mean, it seems a weird one. You never know. Maybe he'll do. Maybe the French League will be... Suited to his style of play. It's interesting, it's only a loan to the end of the season, and he's out of contract at the end of the season. So I wonder if he's got longer term plans somewhere. At one point Celtic. He was linked for Celtic at one point, yeah. I didn't want him. Mind you, um, over, his choice was Hammer, because he Richards, I probably wanted Fletcher. But uh, I, I won't get my way, so <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not have either, to be honest. But you would think probably that yeah, most of the business is now done. Unless I would think so. I, I can't. I can't really see anything else coming up. So, so maybe that's time to move on because we're getting on a bit now. We'll move on to the Scottish Cup because it's a, a fifth round this weekend. Um, a, a televised games include Rangers Kilmarnock. We'll get to see what uh, Lee McCall's made of. Probably not a lot. <laughs> Do we see another Rangers winning that game? Uh, probably not. No. Uh, the big game is obviously the Edinburgh Derby it's uh, a week after winning the League Cup semi-final at uh, Castle. how was your way back to Tynecastle as the away team I think that should be a cracking game it should be it's been, a, it's been a while since I've said that about an Edinburgh Derby but I think the two of them play decent attacking football these days they're both in good form uh, both made some good signings in the transfer window as well absolutely that should be a, an absolute belter. That's a half twelve kickoff on Sunday. Uh, the three o'clock game on Sunday on the BBC is East Kilbride versus Celtic. Yeah. Uh, the round. So uh, you can't really see Celtic swapping up there, surely. Oh, hey, what? That would be amazing. See, see if Celtic swap up in that game. That will be the biggest shop, cup shock of all time. I'll go, I'll go right on and say that. Well, I, so, I, yeah, I would think, yeah, definitely. That should be a case of how many for Celtic, not much else, but... Um, it could also be the, the, the debut for the likes of Kazim Richards. Yeah, 
Aye. You don't want me to debut in the cup. <laughs> Guess what? That's what Roy Keane did against Clyde <laughs> in the game we're talking about. Well, let's go to Ross County. Let's go to Ross County. These are all three o'clock Saturday games, obviously, because we've covered the tele games. But aye, that's that's an interesting one. That's a cracking tie for them, having knocked four for out. So, obviously, League Cup final, what's the point? Um, would it, would then, we just tap off Ross County a week after knocking Celtic at the League Cup, get them locked out by one Lithgow Rose of the Scottish Cup? Aye, uh, you never know. Never know. <laughs> that's the kind of crazy thing that happens in Scottish football. Uh, but Aaron, they play Morton after beating Hamilton, so I don't mean fancy their chances at home. They might, but then again, they, they can have swapped up after uh, beating Hamilton, so you never know what they might do. Morton are doing pretty well this season themselves, so aye, they've slipped up a wee bit well for the last few weeks. Uh, Dundee United Partick Thistle was supposed to be the second or a double header but the game got postponed at the weekend so they're at home it's a ton of dice for the United might fancy their chances in that now never know it's, it's a lot more interesting than it was when the draw was made I think uh, Dumbarton Dundee should take Dundee in that one but they never know away from home uh, and the big uh, Premiership tie more than one less is that the only Premiership no Premiership tie no Dundee United Partick I don't know about big, but uh, it's a premiership tie, certainly. Oh, I'm Vanessa Holders. Aye, but... I'm interested in what happens in that game as well. So, uh, there's some good games in the cup. I think I think the telly's picked up the best ones, to be honest. But I would have liked to have seen Ross County win with the Blues, but we only knew that was going to be the game last week. So. Aye, if it had been the other way around. If it had been the other way around, it might have picked up the telly. Just out of interest, but... Uh, you, you, would, you would fancy Ross County to, to get through that, so... That's all to come. Uh, there are, as we mentioned earlier... A couple of Premiership games coming up, um, so we should probably do the predictions for them. Uh, we'll start off with tomorrow night with Partick Thistle and Motherwell. Aye, I've obviously made a prediction already for this game from when it was originally supposed to be played. Have you? Because I've not. That's interesting. What did you go for? I went for Partick Thistle to Motherwell 1. Would you change it? Uh, I don't know. I need to have a wee kind of quick look just to see... <laughs> I'd like to use who scored for getting the information. That's quite a good website for finding out about form and home away and all sorts. So, what, what are you thinking of you? Well, see, I don't have a prediction for this one, but I'm thinking 2-1, but I'm thinking 2-1 Motherwell. You're thinking 2-1 Motherwell? Uh, I think they got off to a good start under McGee and they've kind of fell away, but I think this is maybe the game that they need to just a wee kick up their backside, maybe get them the three points in this game. They were all looking against uh, Dundee, to be fair. Dodgy penalties. No, I'm sticking with my 2-1. Alright. Thistle have won, Party Thistle have won three out of the last six at home. So, aye, I'll go with them. Um, bookie odds for this game. Party Thistle are 21-20, draw is 13-5. Mullable are 13-5. 13-5. So, if you fancy Mullable like I do, that's maybe worth a look. Um, there's also on Tuesday night Race Rovers Rangers uh, and Morton Hubs in the Championship and we got at Stainsmere uh, Beach City and Albany over Strand yeah but I don't make predictions for those games oh well no I'm just pointing that out uh, uh, the big game this big week though Aberdeen versus Celtic Wednesday night Sky Sports are showing it live 7.45 kick off I Aberdeen first go for it well I read uh, I interviewed with Ian Jess earlier in the week and he was saying that or he was mentioning the fact that Aberdeen haven't beat Celtic at home 
twice in the league since 1998-91 season. Wow. Which is incredible. Uh, so... We were rotten that season, though. Um, <laughs> I kind of, season I, I, should have won the league? Uh, I think it was a season May. I'm trying. Yeah, no, wait a minute. What was the first season of the Champions League? 92, 93? Uh, yes. I think so. No, no it was fine. Aye, maybe it was then. I can never remember. I, mean, I know it was the early 90s when you went to Ibrox that last Aye. I should know, really, this is bad. Uh, I know well. 1999 when Rangers beat Aberdeen by two points. Aye, 2-0 in the last game. Um, it was that season. But I'm going to go for the repeat of the game earlier in the season. 2-1, Aberdeen. Um, and see, before before even you make your position, see the odds for Aberdeen? 15-4. to four. Oh, one point up. Womp on it. Because I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to win Aberdeen. I think you're going to uh, win a misery. Even the draw is 29 to 10. Celtic are 3 to 4. That's uh, nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Th- th- there's people now saying, by the way, the Tadja deal might still happen. So, that that one might run. That might run and run, especially if he's offered he's getting, uh, his resignation. <laughs> um so I will see what happens there. I, I'm going to another team because I think it's good. I think you'll be well rested, well fit for it as well. Aye. Um, and, and then I've got a game on Saturday as well. I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm, if this all works out as I expect it to, then you could be back up top of the league again. Yes, we could. Which I shall go for in this game. I did originally go for St. Johnson 1 Aberdeen 2, but I'm changing that. I am going for St. Johnson nil, Aberdeen to. Because you don't fancy them scoring. That's a fact, especially with the fact that Halloran has gone nil as well. Yeah. Um, aye. Oh, right. I see you could be top of the league, right? But you're six points behind. So unless you have... Difference. <laughs> the mid-week goal difference is going to keep Celtic top. Yeah. Um, I also actually have a, a prediction for this one. It was 3-1 Aberdeen. 3-1 Aberdeen. I'm now changing that to... 2-0 Aberdeen. Are you going to say him? Yep. Are you just trying to jinx us? Nope. Nope. I, 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 think be, I don't think it'll be much doubt you'll beat St. Johnson, to be honest. I know they hammered you earlier in the season, but like you say, St. Johnson aren't in great shakes at the moment. We have 10 games unbeaten. Yep. And I think yep. 12 by the end of this week. It could be, aye. But yeah, I would need a, a, a massive uh, swing of goals. Right. So, as much as I'd like to say Aberdeen are well worth 15 to 4, I uh, still would, eh? Uh... <laughs> no, for the charity, but anyway. No. So, so that switches us down the leagues because of well, Aberdeen. What was Aberdeen, St. Johnson? Which? Uh, 21 to 20, Aberdeen. 21 to 20, Aberdeen, which is pretty decent. Okay. And it is on the Saturday. Right. Um, we have, let me see. <sighs> Do we fancy Stenhouse being at 23 to 20 at home to Brecon? Set in a midweek game. Oh, I saw it as I. Might touch up. Do we fat? Always tempted to go with Strandor at four for. So Strandor's form's kind of picked up a bit. 11 to 8's not bad. And four for a struggle. If you coupled that with Aberdeen, £10 would be 48 69. 
because I've seen if there's anything else that no. could have um, sticks out. You're going to need to put your head a on. Would I have bros? Would I have bros with Stumble Albion? Don't know whether that could be a shout or not. Oh, I don't know, they, they two are a bit hit and miss when it comes to their fixers and all the results. Um, trying to be like to see you at form wise. Airdrie at home again, beast 8 to 11. So great. Dope, If you fancy St. Martin to follow on for their first one at home in the season, you get 64 to beat Queen of the South. I might be asking a bit. Aye, I think Queen of the South have kind of picked up again. Aye. Aye, well, see, in terms of our broth, our broth have won five out of the last six, but still now we've won three out of the last six. Mm-hmm. Home form for a broth. Mm. Uh, different. One three, John one lost two in the last sets. And still in Alpine have one three, drawn one lost two, so I maybe not with that. I'm not seeing anything better. I think the value is Aberdeen Stunner. To go Aberdeen Stunner. And cool. spend, uh, as we said last week, Stunner's away forms. Really impressive. And they're 84 for of all the teams to, yes. to, to go be away. So, aye, I fancy that. Oh, by you, I want to do the charity bet because I'm pretty ready to put all the charity bets. Yeah, I guess you joined us. We've had a few times, we've had a few times, but all right. Yeah, aye, let's go for I it. I guess you joined us, fine. I think let's go for it. So, aye, we'll go for that. So, £10 on that, 48 69 the turn. Uh, so, we just need a first goal scorer now. Headed. What have we got? Rory McAllister, maybe, right here. Dunno. Or maybe when they touch that. Say gun at Queen's Park. No, we don't want to touch that either. That's a difficult one, which one? Let's see. I don't know if I fancy any Hibs players at Morton. Cubbins. Oh, that's tomorrow, bloody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's, it's, which is annoying. It's all about the cup games. It's kind of thrown it out, but there's not a lot to pick from. No, there isn't. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'll be honest, Rory McAllister's about the best of a bad bunch of the options we've got. I can't think of any deals. Uh, we, we, we could go for him. Um, the only one I was looking at is to see kind of League 2 apart from Gunn if there's any options. Well, there's Austin at East 5. And East 5 Aye. are away to Montrose. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Uh, aye, aye, that could be a new person. Aye, um, he didn't score against Clyde. Kyle Wilkie scored for a third successive game. He's at least five point second in the week. Nathan Austin did. Uh, Nathan Austin always played his setup one of the goals. So he's a top. He's, he's actually a top scorer in, in the week too. Nathan Austin. Yeah, yeah, aye, he could be a joint So yeah. we've been scoring for mind you. I don't know if we want to double up with like. Who in terms of who's been scored for Snor recently? Mm. I don't think it's been an old pal, Logbuff. No, I don't think it has been. Right, I think we can either go Rory McAllister, which I think is a reasonable bet, but they are playing air. <coughs> we Austin, who didn't score last week, but they're playing Montrose, and he's a top scorer for them. Aye. I think, I think Nathan Austin's maybe a shoot. Just because we've never used him in the charity bet before, so. Aye, we can that. find out if he's on fire and put the pressure on. Aye, that's what to do. <laughs> so, that always works well. Right. I don't think you're a direct for that yet. No. 
So that will need to come later in the week. So if you all follow at SFF Podcast on Twitter, then you'll get it later on in the week. Um, I'm just seeing if we've got any deals happening before uh, we go. Let's check before we talk it. <laughs> no, I'm checking STV Sport because I think they're a bit better than the BBC. They're usually a bit more up to date, but their website is garbage. <laughs> oh, uh, the other one I never mentioned earlier was the fact that in Press actually inside the midfield after night. Did Ryan Williams, I? Oh, there you go. No, I'm not seeing him. Nah. Andy, Andy has pointed out good role is eligible for the League Cup final because he's probably did start against uh, Hibs. So. Yeah, seems a weird one. I can't, I can't really understand it. So, aye, that probably right, concludes. Uh, oh, what was your title? Oh, what was my title? Well, it was one I read on Twitter um, after the game. It was uh, Highland Hamden because I quite like the alliteration of it. Uh, that was uh, Jerry Braden of the Herald actually I think he had two hoodoos in it because he wasn't sure if it was a Highland hoodoo or a Hamden hoodoo so right. it was a Highland Hamden hoodoo hoodoo uh, we'll need to say then when we go off air we'll, we won't tell you just now what the title will be we'll wait till we're off air we'll decide then you'll see but don't know they'll have downloaded the podcast and read it <laughs> oh aye yes yeah, sort of well. <laughs> aye but let's just aye no one listens live anymore do they you know what? Mine was stolen for a, a, a journalist, so we'll go with yours. Go with mine? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right, so, you need to remember what that was later on. Aye, Chinese takeaway, so. Is that for you? Aye, that was a Chinese takeaway, so. Probably. Right, so, there we go. Off, uh, off your podcast discussion on the podcast itself. Yes. That's a great way to end the podcast. Aye, exactly. <laughs> Alright, so I hope Transfer Clause brought, brought your team what you wanted. Um, didn't really do it for me, but hey ho. I've obviously been a naughty boy this year. Oh, I think they'll be happy about Tinkrattle. I, th- I, think, I think the happiest people about Tinkrattle. Don't want to be disappointed at Soul, even. Aye, but I think they've got the money will soften the ball. So I think they'll be fairly happy. So aye. Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we shall talk to you again all next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.